Hello and welcome to Good Teaching with Dr. Toy and Ali. This is the podcast where we discuss the most effective teaching strategies of college instructors. I'm your host, Dr. Toy and Ali, and today we are talking about metacognition and specifically I'm going to share two activities or two assignments that I use in my class to help my students think about their own thinking. Today's episode is sponsored by my independent professor workshop, which teaches other academics how to create their own self-hosted learning experiences and teach beyond their university position. So stay tuned and I will share more about that workshop. Okay, so let's talk about metacognition. What is metacognition? It's really just like thinking about one's own thought processes. And I think it's really important to get students to do that as well. I make a big deal in my classes about students and their own learning and how they should become responsible for their own learning in their college classes, right? It's not just up to their instructor to impart the knowledge and share the information with their students, but it's also up to the students to listen and absorb that information and use that information, apply it, synthesize it, all the Bloom's taxonomy things, right? So students are an active participant in their own learning, but sometimes they don't quite know how to make the connections themselves and how to actually be a part of their own learning. So that's where metacognition comes in, right? So metacognition is where we get our students to think about what they're learning, why they're learning it, how they're learning it, how they study it. It's just like cluing the students into their own thinking and their own thought processes, which is something maybe many of our students have never done before. So they need a bit of guidance. So I'm going to share two things that I do in my classes to use metacognition as a tool in my classes to help students be a part and take responsibility for their own learning. So the first tool is what I call a quiz debrief. So I teach math courses. Pre-calculus is what I'm teaching this semester and it is an introductory level math course. It is a prerequisite for Calculus 1, but also it is the last class that many students, last math class that many students need to take. So pre-calculus may be a student's final math class. And so what they really get out of this class or what they need to take away from this class is problem solving skills and not like freezing up and getting scared when they see a problem they've never actually seen before and not giving up immediately. All right, so I talked about this in my previous video or my previous podcast episode about flipping my class. So one thing that I do is I give a quiz every single week. Every Wednesday, we have a quiz in this class, two to three questions on what we have learned previously. And I tell my students that these quizzes are kind of like just a checkpoint, right? A checkpoint to see, am I really understanding what we've been learning? Can I really do these things on my own? If yes, wonderful. If not, this is your opportunity to ask more questions, to really get clarity on what you need to know before the big test comes. And the first quiz of the semester is quite challenging for students, not because the content of the quiz is difficult. Every question on the quiz is something that the students have seen and actually worked on their own before. They've seen a variant of these questions. However, I found that students in my classes don't really understand how to study math. So when they come into the quiz, they have studied ineffectively. And even though they have done these problems before, 
students do not do well on the quiz. I think my average this time was about a 60%. A couple students made 100, maybe five out of my 76 students made 100%. A lot of students made around the 60% range and many students made 30%. One student made 5%, which is very, very challenging to do on a, a a quiz where you show your work and you're given partial credit. Okay, so I don't want my students to get super discouraged by this very low grade or a grade that's lower than what they expected on the very first quiz of the semester. So what I do is I take time in my class to do what I call a quiz debrief. And let me tell you how it works. So I break my students up into groups. They sit in groups every day and I'm in classrooms that have boards all around, around the room. So every group has their own board. You can do this exercise without having boards. Um, so what I do is I give each group one quiz paper. So I give them the exact same quiz they had just taken the previous class day. I give each group one quiz and their goal is to work together, talk through all the problems, show all of their work and rework the quiz. So students can do this on their one piece of paper, but I asked my students to write up the solutions on the board. The reason why I do value my students writing on the board is it keeps them from having one person take over. They feel more free to provide their own input. They can all have markers. They're like doing side work on the side. So it really gets everyone involved. And if there's a mistake, it's very easy to erase. So I give every group one quiz. The students went to the board and they worked through the quizzes. They were all able to work through the quiz without my help and get the correct answer. And so one, this puts the solution for the quiz on the board, which I have 76 students and most of them missed points and questions on the quiz. So instead of having all of them come to office hours to ask the same questions, now the solutions are up. They've been able to talk with their group mates about it. So it kind of saves me a little bit of time as well. And they get to see what kind of thinking process they should have been using and what kind of questions they should have been asking themselves when they take their quiz, right? I always tell my students that our group work in class, the questions you're asking your classmates, the, this should model the questions you ask yourself in your head as you're taking the quizzes and the tests. All right, so once all of the solutions are up and the students have understood how to work each question, I then ask them to look through their notes, look through all of the problems they worked and see if they can find similar questions to the ones that were on the quiz. So one, I want to show them that these questions they have seen before, right? There were no surprises on the quiz. There was nothing that came out of left field. And so once they look through, I put up on the board question number one, question number two, and question number three. It was a three question quiz. And then I asked the students, all right, question number one, which was graphing an absolute value function. I said, all right, question number one, where have we seen a similar problem? And they were able to tell me, oh, it was in our 1.1 pre-class assignment. It was in our, it was in the video lectures. And then question number two was um, determining the, the domain of a function where the function had both a fraction and a square root. I asked them where had they had seen that in the pre-class assignment, in the in-class work, in the written homework. 
Now, question number three, distance formula with the um, X or Y intercept. Where have we seen that? They said the in-class work. I actually asked them to put up the solutions for that problem on the board. They had already worked through that problem with their groups before. Also, it was in their written homework. And so we had a list of each question mapped to where they had seen the problem in the class before. And I asked them, all right, so based on what is up here on the board, where, what does that tell you about where you should be studying to prepare for the next quiz? They were like, all of the in-class work, the pre-class work. I was like, yeah, it's all of the stuff where you're writing because this class also has an online learning system. And the purpose of this online learning system is to really help them with the like computations not the higher level thinking. So because the online homework have these deadlines and sometimes they can be a lot of problems, the students tend to prioritize the online homework. Even though it's only worth 7.5% of the grade, they will put all of their attention there and not go back over the work we've done in class. So I was able to make it very clear to the students where they should be looking to studying. And then I also asked, well, what does it look like to study these things, like the in-class work, the pre-class, the written homework? How do you study things like this? So I do a big dramatization where I like opening the notes and I was like, do you all do this? Oh yeah, I remember this. Oh yeah, don't forget the negative there. Oh yeah, X zero, yeah, we did that. And they're just like flipping through their notes, reading and saying, oh yeah, I remember doing that. And many of them think to themselves, oh, that's how I was studying. And I say, that's actually not sufficient to study math. To study math, you have to work these problems from scratch. So when you go back over, cover your work with another piece of paper and then work through the problems from scratch because you don't want the quiz or the test to be the first time you complete a full problem on your own without any help and without any resources. You wanna make sure you can do it on your own first before you get to the quiz or the test. That's, that way you go in confident, right? And for many of the students, that was a concept they had never considered before. They had never thought about what it takes to study for a math class. They had never thought about the confidence that could come with being able to complete a problem on their own with no help, with no resources, with no solutions before coming into the test. All right, so, and then I remind the students, all right, if your grade was lower than expected, that's okay. If you made a 60% or higher, I'm not concerned about you. Also, even if you made lower, I'm dropping your two lowest quiz scores. So if you score higher than this quiz score for the rest of the semester, it'll be like this never happened. And they started to, you know, relax and feel better. And it made them excited to try again for the next quiz. All right, so that was the first metacognition thing that I did in my class this semester, the quiz debrief. I don't do the quiz debrief for every quiz. I think that one conversation was enough. Also, it takes up at least 30 minutes of class time. I don't, can't afford to lose that much more class time, but I figured it was worth it for the first quiz. So this is something I always do after the first quiz. Okay, the second thing that I do is called exam reflections, or people may call it exam wrappers. And this is an idea where you get the students to think beyond the test. So once the students have taken the test, gotten that um, summative assessment completed, it's not the end, right? 
or is it formative assessment? Summative. Summative is the end. Uh, <laughs> so they're still responsible for understanding the information that they missed. And so what I often find is students don't do as well as they want on the test. They fold up the test and they never look at it again. I want them to master those concepts that they missed the first time. They, they are still responsible for this information. It will be on the final exam. So I do these or these assignments called exam reflections or exam wrappers. And there are three parts. The first part is the pre-exam reflection. Again, the goal is to get our students to think about their thinking and their thinking processes, their study skills, things like that. So everything is on one document, but I break it into three parts. The first part they do before they, I give them the test. So before the test, I ask them questions like, how long do you plan to spend studying on this for this test? What are you doing to study? And because my students aren't well-versed in studying math, I actually give them options. Rework in classwork, rework pre-class, rewatch videos, make flashcards, have a study group. And so they just check off the things that they want to engage in, in their study habits. Um, and then um, I ask them a couple more questions. I may ask them um, which concepts or topics are they most nervous about seeing on the test. All right, that's supposed to give them a hint to study that a little bit more if they're concerned about it or ask questions about it. So that's the pre-class reflection or the pre-exam reflection. Part two happens after they have taken the exam. So after they take the test, I give them their grades back and I do, they have to do the post-exam reflection. So the post-exam reflection asks questions like, did you score what you expected on the exam? Were any questions surprising to you? What did you actually do to study? And it's that same checklist and, you know, they had goals of doing this, these things. Did they actually do it? And then I asked them kind of like a um, discussion question. What will you do differently to study for the next exam? And they tend to write quite a bit the, for the first exam reflection assignment and a little bit less for every next assi um, reflection ex assignment because they have then learned what to do. All right, so that's part two is the post-exam reflection and part three is corrections. So I get them to correct any problems that they missed on the exam. All right, so what does that mean? That means they rework the problem from scratch and they write a little sentence or two about why they missed the question, like what went wrong, what was the like misconception in their thinking that made them miss that question. And so they have to give me both parts, the correction and the explanation. And then they turn that all in. So I collect three things from them. The pre and post exam reflections worksheet, their corrected problems, and their original graded test. They turn that into me. And in the past, I've done it for a quiz grade because there's a quiz every week. It's likely that students will bomb a couple quizzes. And so this gives them a boost to their quiz average. Students usually make at least like 95% and above because they have access to their notes and things to correct their mistakes. And they can ask me questions too. Um, this semester, I'm doing something different. I'm collecting written homework. So I will put this as part of their written homework grade. So we'll see how it goes this semester. But yeah, that's how I use metacognition in my class. I would love to know, do you use metacognition as well? Are you interested in using it? Um, 
Would you like to see what my assignment, my um, exam wrapper looks like? I will be sharing these things on my Instagram and my LinkedIn at Dr. Choi and Ali. So definitely check that out. I'll put links for it in the description of this video or in the show notes of the audio episode. All right. So as mentioned before, this episode is brought to you by the Independent Professor Workshop. And it's a workshop where I help academics, professors create, design, sell their own self-hosted learning experiences so they can teach and share their knowledge beyond what they're sharing in their universities. And a huge question that I get when I talk to other academics about how I've been able to build my build my business, teaching, teaching outside of my university um, courses and turn it into a 100k per year business. And it like, the salary is beyond my academic salary. And so I always get the question, how did you learn to do this? And I will say I have been doing this since 2017. So experience, but also education. I took courses, I took workshops, I read books and blog posts, I learned how to do this, right? And the really wonderful thing about being an academic and wanting to create your own courses or self-hosted learning experiences, workshops, masterclasses, and things like that, you're already trained in teaching. The hard part is not creating the content or teaching it. The hard part is the setup, like what platforms do I use? How do I get people to know about it? The marketing, the selling of it. And that's what I teach inside of the Independent Professor Workshop. So if you're interested in that, you can check it out at my website, drtoyandali.com forward slash independent. The link will also be here in the show notes or description of the video. All right. Thank you so much for listening or on YouTube watching. I will see you in the next episode. Happy teaching.